Welcome everyone to another edition of Night Court. Rob Fisher and Brevin Knight with you. I'm Rob Fisher, Grizzlies television host, sideline reporter, and uh, on Twitter, at the Fish Nation. Uh, Brevin Knight, 12-year vet of the NBA, Stanford alum, Grizzlies television analyst. He's on Twitter at Brevin Knight 22. The show is on Twitter at Night Court 22. We thank you for joining us. We've enjoyed coming your way often throughout these playoffs. Unfortunately, it's a bummer, Brevin, that the Grizzlies have been eliminated in six games by the Golden State Warriors. But for the second straight year, Brevin, after that final game, while it's a bummer, feel feel really good about my team. Yeah, you feel good about the, the, the future of this Grizzlies team. Now, this will be a... Uh, an important summer for them. To, they have some decisions to make on certain players, and as is the, the case every season, you you got to retool and, and shift and see where your team is. But with the core of this team, uh, with the, the headliner being John Morant, you feel very comfortable with the progress that this team has made, and not just the players, but also the coaches and their coaching staff. And I think that this these two rounds this season just gave them all more experience that they'll need as they go into the season, but also it gives them a chance to, that they understand what they need to work on individually as players and then coaches scheme-wise and things that they would like to do moving forward. But like you said, the future is bright for this Grizzlies organization. There, there's so much to get into. I, I, I think when you get back in town, he's still on European vacation, um, <laughs> when Brevin gets back in town, we'll have more of a off season kind of yes. full wrap on the year. Cause it, it's, it, that takes its own amount of time. Kind of want to just focus on the series and what we learned from this series with golden state. And, and then also we'll get into the other, con- the conference finals that are about to happen in both the East and the West. But Brevin, first of all, game six, um, I, th- I think it was it's what you wanted, man. What you asked for. Six minutes left in the game, you got a two-point lead. While things weren't going your way, while Tyus and, and Brandon couldn't hit shots that they normally hit, Jaron, the ball's not falling for him. You're up two with six minutes left. And if just some some of those things start going your way... You can win this game, and instead, Golden State just they get on a heater, and Steph was Steph, and uh, just couldn't close it out. Well, man, at the end of the day, what happened was we had no John Morant, and, and yep. I go back, and I sounded like a broken record the entire year, and I'm going to continue until until it sinks into people's minds what star players do for your team and why you can still be good if your star doesn't play. But you cannot ultimately reach any goals or pinnacles without your star guys. It doesn't happen. And so what we saw from this Grizzly team was exactly what I say. Your other players allow you to stay in the game until the fourth quarter. Your stars win you the game in the fourth quarter. That's what NBA basketball is. That's what Golden State did. It got to the last six minutes. And their star, their superstar, who has proven it time and time again, was the guy that won the game, that changed the series. And that is what they do. It's why they are special. But there's a reason why I do not call everybody a superstar. We have some very skilled players in our league. We have some budding stars in our league. We have one on our team. 
But superstars are guys that have done it. They've done it consistently. They've done it for years. And they put themselves in a position to win championships. That's what Steph Curry has been his entire career. And that's what the Grizzlies ran into in the end of that game. A superstar that got feeling at the right time. The Grizzlies couldn't slow them down. But it's also championship pedigree from that Warriors team. And what the Grizzlies can look across and say is, we still were right there every game and we weren't our best. And so the, the positive for the Grizzlies is, yes, you start to understand how important possessions are, games are. But you also take away, learn from the other team. Inside, feel as though you still should be better than them. You're not bowing down to anyone. But don't be so stuck on yourself that you can't see how did they get it done. How they got it done? They changed every statistic that we had during the regular season. They flipped it on its head during the playoff term. And that's what you have to remember when it gets to winning time. Yeah. And and let's remember Curry, uh, his game four – where he scored 18 points in the fourth quarter of a 39-point yep. quarter that uh, beat the Grizzlies by three. I mean, those those were two games where very similar that that I think you say they had the closer and the Grizzlies did not uh, without John Moran. But with that being said, and, and I think you, I, you know, I, I, it, it's it's a weird feeling, Brevin, because it's. The, the Grizzlies, I, I think, for a lot of the series, were the better team. I think Chris Harrington brought it up. If it was a best of 11, I think I'd take the Grizzlies. <laughs> but but, it, but it, was, it was seven, and, and you gave away a couple of opportunities. This, this, to me, was, I'm not angry about it. I feel like, boy, they racked up a lot of scar tissue in this series that can help them going forward. That's the, that's the exact way. It, we we became the Minnesota Timberwolves in the <laughs> second round. That's right. And at the end of the day, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be realistic. The Minnesota Timberwolves played better basketball for longer stretches in that first round. They should have won the round. They should have won the series. But they didn't have the guy that we had. They didn't have the just the inter- internal fortitude to be able to get through certain situations where the Grizzlies have been there before. So the Grizzlies were able to outlast and win. You get to the second round. Warriors team has been everywhere. They've been to the, the tops of the mountain with multiple times with different guys. They know exactly what it takes to win with those three guys. And Steve Curry, you put Mike Brown in that situation because he's been in all of those, those tight times. And so the experience of the moment, the, the Grizz, that's why I say the Grizzlies walk out of this series feeling like, you know what? We feel good where we are. Yes, their work has to be done, yes. But in terms of their positioning, playing against the best in the game, they were, they were not outplayed by the Warriors for long stretches. They were outplayed for the winning stretches. Right. And, and, and while we talked about the Utah series last year being a great learning experience, and I think they did learn and, and showed it this season what that series meant, um, I'm excited what I think this series means. I mean, I would, I would love, right now, I'd sign up for these two teams playing next year in the postseason and 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 let's see if it would be our turn, you know, to to kind of take that next step because it would be our turn, fish. No lie, because they're gonna be one year older. Yeah, that one year older is gonna hurt them. Yep, that one year older for us is gonna help us, though. Yeah, right. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and I think that's what's so in, 
that's what's so encouraging, man. And then you know how old the team is, you know, one of the youngest in the league. And then you know the assets this that this team has. And the, you hear the owner talking about that he's going to spend the money and he's got the money. I mean, <laughs> ev- every, I everything just feels like this was, while I think this year was a much bigger step than what we expected, it was just another step to what this team can achieve ultimately. Well, and I think it was also a realistic step that you can say that they can continue to move forward with it. I don't think that it had to be a flash in the pan. It doesn't yeah. have to be something that happened. It was a one-year get. It didn't happen, and now you don't know where you stand. I think that they can continue to supplant themselves as one of the top teams in the association, one of the top teams in the Western Conference, because, number one, what John Morant can bring to the table, I still like Jaron Jackson Jr. with some work. Like I said, we'll talk about what what I think some of these guys can do in the summer in terms of getting better. The bones of the team, Tyus Rose is going to be a big big thing for the summer, but the bones, the guts of this team are very good. And so uh, there's a lot to work with moving forward to where you can feel very comfortable that, you know what, this team could be another 55-56 win team again next season. Yeah. The only thing that scares me, and while midway through this season we had the conversation on this show, are they contenders? And we both just were like, eh, I mean, their their record says they are technically, but going through that grind, going through series going through adjustments they they haven't done that before and and that's a huge step that they'd have to take i think to go six games in that second round so much is learned about you know seeing what steph did so much is learned about seeing how teams adjust i think another thing that's learned from this is what you have to play through as an individual what it takes Dylan Brooks' groin's bothering him. Desmond Bain's back is not good. Obviously, John Morant was injured. He's out. Steven Adams, his ankle kept getting banged up. I mean, those are things that happen in the playoffs that you have to grind through, that you have to expect that you're going to have those aches and pains more so than what you had all season long, but you need to expect that to happen. Yeah, because as the the season wears on, this is now the second season. Right. And in the second season, we don't take time off. We don't take enough time off for your body to to replenish yourself. All we do, you take enough time off for you to catch your breath, and then you're right back to bumping and grinding. And the physicality of the game changes. Teams that aren't physical become physical in the playoffs. We saw some of the pace still be there; that'll be there, but there is matchups. And health become most very important when you get to the playoffs. You like to have a favorable matchup with something that you do well that the other team can't stop. Right. And then you also would like to have as many of your guys feeling as good as possible. Always, I never say uh, you feel you want everybody to feel great, but the reality is nobody's going to feel great at this time of the season. Right. Adrenaline gets you through all of the the rehab stuff that you when you get done that gets you through, but Nobody is at 100%. So you, you, you check that box. And, and for this team, it's a matter of making sure that they are physically ready 
for what for the physical endurance that it takes to play a, a 82 game season and then when you want to make that run into the playoffs because there's going to be a time when you look in that mirror when you wake up in the morning and say I don't feel it today my body is hurting the, the teams and individuals that are able to then take that mindset and push it to the side and keep going are usually your successful teams. Yeah, hey, you got to have that hockey mentality. <laughs> come, come play off time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I mean another guy I didn't even mention, Jaron. Jaron banged up uh, in in that series as well. Uh, got hit in the hip and uh, bothered him. So, I mean, everybody was kind of bothered by something. And, and it, I'm not saying that's just the Grizzlies. That's everybody this time of year. But I think it's something you have to you have to maybe expect more than you do uh, of what you're going to have to play through this time of year. One other thing about Game 6, how, how about that Dylan Brooks performance? I mean, when that game started, there's not a Grizzlies fan who was like, yay, Dylan, keep shooting. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna say that right? He came out in that first quarter and, and and kept the team alive. Unbelievable! I mean, it was it was it was so great to see because, boy, he took a lot of heat. He took a lot of heat after uh, I guess it was Game Four. Um, yes, a lot of yes. heat after Game Four, and then he came out in Game Five and was was good, but still couldn't shoot the ball well. And people were kind of tense about him even shooting in the arena. Uh, but then he comes out and has that performance. That was that was great. I was happy for him. This this was a tough playoffs um, for Dylan individually. I know that he he would have loved to to have been a a better individual player, uh, whether it was health or whatever was going on. I just felt like I mean I've said it I said it throughout the playoffs. I just felt like we did not have the same engaged. Uh, high energy, um, the personality. We didn't have it. We didn't have it this playoffs. And and to me, it was very weird to watch him play this series because being a fiery player that I was, there was just a fire. You play with the chip, and that chip is real. I did not see the chip from Dylan in the playoffs. And so, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be able to go over the summer, get himself healthy. Work on his game, come back, and, and the one thing that I would that I would always say, I tell people, you always have to be who you are. If you are who you are, things usually go your way. If you're not who you are, and in any way you have alterations to that, then that allows for other things to happen. Uh, and and this, and in this first in this playoffs this season, uh, that's not the Dylan Brooks that I've come to know. And I'm not talking about nothing with no shooting. No turnovers, no nothing. How he played defense. I'm talking strictly body language, demeanor, the fire, the passion. That it just wasn't as why I like Dylan because he's overt with how he plays. That's what make. That's why I love him. That's why I, I say when people talk, we got to move him. Like hell no, we don't move him. She's the toughest guy we got on our team. With size on the wing, do we question shots sometimes? Okay, we may do that, but. You can't take away the other things that he does to impact the game, and I just didn't see that same Dylan. And I think I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and I think the thing about Dylan that, that I also love, which is also a detriment at times, is that when you need somebody to be able to get a shot, when the offense becomes stagnant and the ball could be in someone's hand and they better create something – he can get something out of nothing. He can get a shot off. 
I mean, he'll create a shot, and he'll take a shot at any time. And I think sometimes it's like the team needs that. Again, in this game, in game six, they needed every bad shot Dylan took because they needed somebody to create something, and, and, and he did for the most part. Yeah, because if you go down and look at the rest of the offensive numbers, there was nobody else that could do no it. Right. Nobody else doing it at a consistent clip. Desmond Bain was, 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 was you say, uh, one of the guys that was still able to find some type of rhythm. But outside of that, he had to be able to try to create. And, and there are times where it works because we say when you when you have a knack for making tough shots, there's sometimes when that knack is just a little bit off. And the uh, only... It only has to be a little bit off when you're taking tough shots. And so I just thought that that was it. But the thing that concerned me more than anything was I just didn't like that I did not see the player that I have come to love to watch the play, right. watch play over these last years in Dylan Brooks. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. reason why we even started saying shout out Canada. Shout out Canada. That's right. Shout out Canada. Boy, I was screaming – it, it sucked watching this game, Brevin, because, you know, we all were sitting in the lit lounge, uh, what was right. formerly the lit lounge. There were about 10 of us watching it. And I had to go over to the desk for a minute to do something with the, uh, with the printer. And when I went over there, the Grizzlies went on a run. So I was like, well, I'm going to stay over here. While, while the, well, man, I stayed in that seat until about six minutes left in the game. When, and, and it was like I had to watch the game basically by myself. <laughs> <laughs> you did the superstition kick that I did and I mean there, there, were, there were a couple of times I was in my seat and I just screamed over to everybody else I was like shout out Canada <laughs> <laughs> you sound wait, you sounded like me I'm waiting for somebody some neighbor that, that near this Airbnb that I'm standing because I'm watching games at uh, 3 a.m right. 2 a.m in the morning is when the game starts for me. Everyone else is asleep, but I'm the one that's up yelling, instructions. I mean, waking up the entire house. So I, I, I understand exactly what you mean. Watching it by yourself, interrupting others. I, I watch games until the sun is about to come up. And so I, I, I was, I was with you uh, and, and everyone else there in Memphis in terms of how engaged we were with this team the entire year and how. Uh, infectious they were as individuals, how infectious they were as a team. And I think because of it, we all fell in love with this Grizzlies team this season. No doubt. It was an unbelievable year. Now, we move on. Conference finals are both set. The Dallas Mavericks. Oh, wow. Two things, two things that upset me about the Dallas Mavericks being in the Western Conference Finals. One, that the Mavericks finished... They went further than the Grizzlies. That yes, that bothers me because it, it kind of takes away my celebration of that Southwest Division banner. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> because I was really holding on by a thread just celebrating that to begin with, and <laughs> and now now they finish further than you, so that bothers me. And the other thing that bothers me about it is you hope. Five years from now, you don't look back and think, wow, that may have been our best opportunity. Yes. Grizzlies could be hosting the Western Conference Finals. Yes. Playing against Dallas with home court advantage to go to the NBA Finals. And not far away from that actually being a reality. 
Chris, I woke up yesterday morning because I it was no longer staying up to the middle of the night trying right. to watch games. It wasn't the Grizzlies. <laughs> and I saw the scores. And I thought something had to be wrong. <laughs> Refreshed my phone, Fish. I said, you know what? Maybe because I'm international. Phone, phone messing up. Right. Let me refresh this phone. And the scores came up the same way. I said, what the hell happened? Unbelievable. Number one, for it to happen in Phoenix and for every one of their big-time players to drop a nothing. Yeah. It was, it was amazing to see that score. But it just it underlines again uh, the power of coaching when you're coaching and your players can be in line. And I thought Jason Kidd did what I I don't understand why more people don't do. He challenged his best player to not do better what you do, do better what you don't do well. He went to Luca and said defensively. You are not good right now. I need for you to be better on the defensive side if we're going to win. I don't need you to be a defensive stopper, but I can't. you cannot continue to allow people to go at you one-on-one. You cannot allow to not be in help position. You can't be a negative force on the defensive side. And when he did it, that changed the entire playoffs for the Dallas Mavericks. And it was sheer... The understanding and the, the the feeling that you have as a player, and it's why I always gave Jason Kidd so much credit, is because it wasn't the stats for Jason Kidd. He had a a uncanny uh, way of being able to communicate with people and get the most out of them. That's what that is what is is what's special, I think, about a lot of point guards is. How can I get the best out of my players on the floor? Now all it did for him as it went to the bench was, how do I get the best out of these guys to play their best when I'm not the guy that's going to be on the floor influencing them? And that's what happened. And that Dallas Mavericks team has been a different team from that game in, in the first round. I think maybe it was after game three or four where, where he had the conversation with them. And they have just continued to go – from there, and so I, I give their team has played the defensive side of the ball. Team defense has been so much better as the season has gone along. Uh, Jalen Brunson has just been out of this world, uh, and Luca just continues to be. As we said, when you need me at the end of the game, I'm gonna be there, and that's what he's done. And so I'm happy for uh, not too many times you're gonna hear me say a lot of nice stuff about a cow guy. Now, that's Ooh, not what I do. Yeah, Man, yeah. Well, you, you, you know it. Yeah. I don't even like to say the damn name nope. in the game when I'm calling the games. So, so, but to, sometimes you have to sit back and recognize when someone is excellent at what they do. And Jason Kidd, the point guard abilities that he has as a player, he's been able to take over to being a coach and being able to communicate with guys as Dallas, as you said, in the Western Conference Finals. Imagine we could be in Memphis for game one yeah. for the West with the Western Conference Finals to play Dallas if if we could if John Morant this is what I said if John Morant just could have been helpful. Yep. Could be having that. So so I, I understand that feel. I had to when I saw the score it was like I was happy one because I'm I'm happy for Jason Kidd to, to do well. But inside I'm like, damn, look at this opportunity. Yeah. I mean look, look at what it could have been. 
Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. But but let's let's just stay positive, and and oh, and, yes. and think we go, we we go forward and, and we do go further. And absolutely, absolutely, we're playing for an NBA championship. I, I think it's amazing. I was talking to a Mavericks fan last night after that game, and I I, I was like, it's amazing to me that that it's happening under Jason Kidd. For how much I respect and 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 like Rick Carlisle, it wasn't going to happen with Luca and Rick right. Carlisle. And and right. to see Jason Kidd come in, you know, Jason Kidd doesn't have a track record as a great coach. I mean, maybe he is, maybe he will be. But I think what you were just talking about, how how much communication is a part of coaching? Yes. And and, and how much for different guys, there are different things you have to do as a coach. I don't think it was going to work with Carlisle and Luca. And to see Jason Kidd be able to come in and have that communication. It seems that's what Luca needed, maybe more than anything. Yeah, it's definitely what he needed. He he needed to respect the guy that was sitting in the seat because someone has done it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Rick Carlisle, we know Rick Carlisle played back in the day in Indiana. We know that he's been a, a very good coach in the association for years to come. But that's not what Luca grew up on. Right. But if you go and say, what did Jason Kidd do? He probably can go down the list of what Jason Kidd did. Yeah. And then when Jason Kidd talks to him, it's like, no, I, and I also now respect what he's saying now, not just what he did on the floor, but what he's able to say to me now off of the floor. And, and with that, they, they've had a, a better Luka in terms of t- t- total game. And, and again, like you said, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that Jason Kidd in ter- is, is going to be the greatest X and O's coach for a lot of these guys. You get somebody else to be your X and O tactician person because you know how to get guys to play hard and play at their best for the longest stretches. And that is what makes a great NBA coach because X and O, we all know what plays the other team is running. You're not surprising me, but can you get your guys to do it harder than my guys on a more regular basis? And that's what they've been able to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. And think about this, Trish, they're doing it with Tim Hardaway Jr. still hurt. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And Dinwiddie stepped up, and I mean, they, they just have everybody stepping up right now. It's been unbelievable. Who for Golden State stops Luka, and how's the series end? Who do you like? Uh, I, I think the same thing that happened to the Grizzlies, I think, will happen to Dallas. At, at some point in time, just the, the, the will of those three guys, coupled with Steve Kerr and his staff on the bench, is going to allow them to be able to make necessary adjustments so that they they're allowed to win games. I, I don't they I don't think that they will blow them out. I think it's going to be like I said, very similar to our series. That there's just going to be some winning moments where they make enough of those winning plays to give them the advantage to be able to win the series. I think I'm going to take. And now defending Luke here, defending Luca. It's going to be a team effort. Yeah. Not, they don't. They don't have the one guy to be able to do it. Now, Iguodala will come back. That'll give you another person that's able to do it. And yeah. it also starts to say the Steve Kerr go deeper into his bench to use more of a Toscano Anderson or use Lee or use some of these other bigger wing guys because you don't want to waste too much of Clay Thompson on him in terms of using up his energy that you're going to need on the offensive end. In the East, Boston and Miami. Is it the first oh, wow. first to 100? <laughs> I, I think that's what it becomes. And just real quick before he left, I, I just had a brain fart. Why am I talking about these other people? Andrew Wiggins is going to start on Luka. Okay. Andrew Wiggins, we saw, was, was a 
better defender than I think we all gave him credit for uh, throughout his career is, is what we saw uh, in our playoff series. So I, I think that he gives them the length to be able to deal with Luca w- with a little physicality, but that length is something that they'll need. Yeah. I, I thought when we talked about the Eastern Conference before that series of Boston and Milwaukee, we both thought it would go a long way. Um, I, I took Boston, but I, I didn't feel good about it. And it was a great series. Um, you know, Boston was just what, what, a, what a game six they had and then uh, to come back and then close it out at home uh, with a great performance again. And Williams was unbelievable. I, I, I just... I think this series with Miami, it's, it's, it's going to be very similar. I don't know. I think you could flip a coin with these two teams. It's going to be gritty, grimy, and defensive. and It's going to be a knock them knock knock down, drag them out. Yeah, is, is Jimmy Butler going to be a star? I mean, I, I think that's what it comes down to. Is Jimmy Butler going to be a star like he was two years ago? And, and he's going to have to be that type star because – Jason Tatum is playing like a star. Yep. Jalen Brown is going to be a star. And, and a guy that doesn't get enough uh, talk about the big-time plays that he's made is Marcus Smart. Yep. And we, 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 you, there's not one thing you say he does great on the offensive end. He's not a great shooter. not a great – what he is, he is a damn hooper. I mean, he took guys to the back. He was making post moves against opposing guards in that Milwaukee series. And I'm talking about post moves against Drew Holiday. Off the dribble, getting into the paint, scoring baskets, big baskets for Boston. So, uh, for another person that I have played against, and they made Duca and, and Yuduka, for him to be able to get that Celtics team to where they are, it's, it's nice for me to look at why are Ruth Rose because those are contemporaries. Right. Guys that, that I played against that have made a transition, and now they're, they're, they're doing well and this second career. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to root for them to, to play well. But it's like you said, it's going to be a, a, a tough series. Um, I, I thought that Miami throughout the year was the sleeper team in the East. And I, I'm going to stay on Miami as a sleeper team, even though I thought Milwaukee would be able to finagle their way past Boston. I think the absence of Chris Middleton, again, what is Chris Middleton to the Milwaukee Bucks, Chris? They're closer. They're, yeah. Not Giannis. Giannis says it himself. Yeah. When the end of the game comes, we look for Chris to make the plays. Who didn't they have? Chris Middleton. You yeah. can't win when you don't have your finisher in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, all right. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dallas and Miami. So I'm going Dallas and Miami. I'm going to go Miami Golden State. I can't go Dallas. No, I've given Jason Kidd enough damn props yeah, already. No I'm not putting those ass in the finals, too. No, and I'm and I'm a victim of what I watched last night. <laughs> because because <laughs> you 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 you're you're the you're the last thing I saw type person. You got that right. Luke is the greatest player I've ever seen in Dallas. They guard. They get after him. The others are amazing. I mean, this is a team that uh, two days ago I would have told you they have no chance at Game 7. They're just not deep enough. But, man, everybody's playing well. Yeah, they, uh, listen, uh, Cleveland has been phenomenal yeah. for them. Um, we talked about number 10. You know you know me with the bad. I'm bad with the names. Uh, the, the two-way players. Who's the three? Finney Smith. Finney Smith. Dorian Finney Smith. He fantastic playing. Jalen, people, I continue to say, 
Jalen Brunson was National College Player of the Year. Yeah. Like, not six foot, maybe. He's six feet. Six feet, six, six and a half. Yeah. College Player of the Year. The dude can play basketball. Yeah. You give him an opportunity, he'll show you. The same way Tyus Jones, given the opportunity with minutes, shows you he can play. And so... No, they 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 got some things going, but I'm still think I'm still thinking that the Golden State Warriors uh, have a little a little too much, uh, and Jason Kidd's gonna have uh, too many uh, tickets to have to get when he gets back to San Francisco. <laughs> so he's gonna have distractions That's as right. the series goes along. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, well there you go. In our next episode, when uh, when Brevin gets back here into the states. Uh, we will we will talk about the Grizzlies season. We'll talk about the Grizzlies off season, and uh, what's to come. And we'll also uh, talk about the NBA playoffs as they will be rolling on here in the conference uh, finals. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. We thank you for following us throughout the playoffs. That was fun uh, doing it uh, after every game. Uh, we're, we're, we we say this all the time. We're going to try and do this every week. <laughs> no, we listen. It's the NBA playoffs, Roberto. We're, well, right we're, now we are. We're, yes. We're, we're gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna give. We're gonna give the people a little bit of what what, what we think That's uh, right. as, as these playoffs go along, yes. and then so we'll we'll still be regular. Yes. Through the, through the, and through the NBA finals. Yes. Yes. No doubt about it. And uh, and and yeah, we we thank everybody for tuning in, man. It's been a fun ride. This was a fun season, uh, but uh, we'll continue to have fun here on Night Court as we talk NBA playoffs, and then when the NBA playoffs are over. Who knows what we talk about? Those are some of the best shows. <laughs> yeah, that's when we get to talk about life. Hatchet Man is back. That's Golf right. trips are around. That's right. I mean, then now TV. we get back to talking a little. Yeah, that's what I said. We get to talking life. Yeah. Basketball has taken over, but then we get back into life. That's right. Now. That's right. That's right. So uh, looking forward to that as well. So thanks for listening. Continue to listen here on Night Court. Tell your friends to tune in and tell them to subscribe and all that stuff that you do with podcasts. And we thank you for tuning in each and every week here on Night Court. For Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again here real soon.